The year is 2001. Enron files for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. The first of the Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings movies are released in theaters. iTunes and Wikipedia are launched on the World Wide Web. The New York Yankees defeat the Arizona Diamondbacks in the first World Series game played in November. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood airs its final episode on PBS Kids. And that's it. Absolutely nothing else of note happened in 2001, except for the release of Human Nature. I'm Hope Carew. I'm Paige Smith. And this is History Duffs. Wow, 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 wow. Today, we are talking about human nature. Finally. Where, well, first of all, where were you when this came out? Oh, man. And when were you? When was I? Um, Yeah, where was I at in 2001? Um, I was six years old. Okay. Um, I was... I was famously seven, (laughs) so this is awkward. I can't wait until I... Pass you in age. When what episode's that gonna be? When I finally lap you? Um, I think at least I think we have at least until Cody Banks. Oh ooh. the teen years. <laughs> the teen years, that's right. Um yeah, I don't I don't two thousand one Where were you in two thousand one? I mean I was in second grade in Mrs. Lewis's classroom when I found out about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I was in first grade in Mrs. Mueller's class. Mueller. <laughs> Mueller. <laughs> I actually, well, uh, controversial. I had two first grade teachers. Um, that is controversial. <laughs> Thank you for using the word controversial correctly in this context. One of them, Miss. Well, okay. Oh, sounds oh, like you only had no, one teacher. Miss Miss Sturgis. Got pregnant like a week into the school year, so... Way to go, Miss Sturgis. Never saw her again. And it was all Miss Mueller all the time. (laughs) Maternity leave is like that. (laughs) It can be like that. Really convenient timing, Sturgis. (laughs) (laughs) Really convenient. So, have you seen this movie before? I had never. No. I had never seen this movie... Honestly, I'm not even sure I had heard of this movie. Mm -hmm. And I love Charlie Kaufman somehow missed this one. I'm surprised. I I don't know if I've seen this movie before, but I got a very distinct feeling, kind of similar to my Casper and Wendy feeling, where I was like, I knew that I'd watch that movie in a hotel. Mm. For this one, I texted my dad. I was like, I have you seen Human Nature? I feel like I've watched it on cable at your house, like in the background, and only for like maybe five minutes. When they're in the laboratory, I'm like, okay, actually, maybe I have seen this. Yes, and just like Casper meets Wendy, I saw this for the first time when it aired on Disney Channel. (laughs) (laughs) And this is actually not the first uh, Charlie Coffin movie to premiere on Disney Channel. Uh, Being John Malkovich famously um, debuted on Disney Channel. But they had to clean it up a little bit. Uh, Just a little. It's actually being Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) And that was actually too raunchy and has been taken off Disney+. Plus, <laughs> So you cannot find it, folks. But if you are looking to watch the movie Human Nature, you can find that on Amazon. We are not sponsored, so don't even try to come for us. And please don't sponsor us. Honestly, shop local. <laughs> and if you can watch Human Nature from a local blockbuster, we <laughs> encourage you. Because they I are love, struggling. I, I love your idea of local is a blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, a local blockbuster. Your friendly neighborhood blockbuster. 
Oh my gosh. Um, so I, we know where we were in 2001, but where was Hillary? Where was Hillary? That's what we all want to know. Um, so when we last saw her, 1999's The Soul Collector, mm-hmm. since then, she was cast in a television pilot called Daddy-O, uh, starring Michael Chiklis, and she was actually fired from that project before it aired. Oh, wow. Why? Fired um, is such a strong word. It's like, how do you fire an 11-year-old? Yeah, I mean, fired is a strong word, but that's showbiz, babe. <laughs> she got laid off and <laughs> couldn't couldn't pay for her kids' uh, private school anymore. Like, what what happened? Did they give I a reason? I don't know. They did not give a reason, but she was very distraught about it, understandably. Of you know, course. She was young, and it felt like a big old rejection. I mean, yeah, I would feel like that even if I was an adult. Yes, exactly. Um, but from there, she got offered a role on WB's popular, but she had to turn that down because she was offered the role of Lizzie McGuire and decided to take that instead. Wow, how what a bad decision on her part because <laughs> Popular was one of the best shows I've ever seen. And I haven't even heard of Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> You're really on fire today. You're coming <laughs> I'm in a I like it. I like it. Well, Paige made one of her pours. Yeah. And we're I'm, having a pour. Yeah, we're having a pour. Paige is famously poor. <laughs> Tell everyone, if you know any rich older men particularly, <laughs> let them know. Yeah, we kind of thought the the main demographic for this Hillary Duff podcast was going to be rich, older men, <laughs> <laughs> not broke millennials such as ourselves. <laughs> um, but it is interesting. At least I think it's interesting that a week after losing her role on Daddy-O, she booked Liz McGuire. So she wasn't sad for too long. No, and she wasn't. Yeah. None of us were sad for too long because we got... We got Daddy-O. I mean... <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we did. We got Daddy Maguire. Um, uh, she can't stop saying Daddy. Which actually... Daddy Maguire. Ugh. No, actually, I don't remember where I was in 2001, but I do remember seeing the first ad on Disney Channel for Liz Maguire. I have a very vivid memory Wow. of watching that ad and thinking, man, that show's really cool. But I was like five, mm-hmm. and so I was like that shows for teens yes yes i felt that way That's i felt teenage. that way about a lot of things and then i remember it came on tv again with my mom around and i was like mom come look at the- doesn't this show look so cool like i can't wait to watch it when i'm a teenager and she's like you can watch it <laughs> and i was like what? what i have i have yet to feel cooler than i did in that moment i was like wow i'm i'm grown i'm a teenager <laughs> i'm a teenager now it's so funny like I feel like little kids kind of fixate on the idea of teenagers. I especially did. I was definitely, like, scared of them and honestly still am. Um, But my little sister also fixated on this. And I was a teenager when she was in kindergarten. And she was kind of, like, fascinated by me and a little bit starstruck at times because, like, we would go long stretches without seeing each other. And then I, I would have grown and she'd be like, whoa, oh, yeah. you're a teenager. But at one point... I asked my dad to like pass the salt and my sister looked at my dad and rolled her eyes and went, ugh, teenagers. <laughs> no, I get it. I always wanted an older sister. I always wanted a teenage sister because I thought they would be Hillary Duff or the Olsen twins. Yeah. I was like, that's the teenage sister I want. Yeah, so to my <laughs> sister and she would whenever she would get mad at me, she would call me Sharpay. <laughs> You're such a sharp head. Because you're blonde and mean. Because you're blonde and mean and you like theater. <laughs> Nerd. 
nerd. So do you want to hear the synopsis yes, of please. human nature? I haven't seen it. Just <laughs> Paige, we've talked about this. I figured you'd fill me in. <laughs> no, let's hear it. Let's hear a synopsis. Okay, so now this is on IMDb, but it is written by Anonymous. Oh, mysterious. And we don't know if it's the Anonymous... Anonymous Anonymous? Or just... Do you, I mean, anonymous. They don't have a lot going on right now. Maybe they're writing reviews. Maybe they're writing reviews, and there are some interesting hashtags that go along with the review or with the the synopsis. But I guess you just let me know if you want those. Okay. All right. Let's after after one I thing read at a time. Yeah. This is a pretty intense synopsis. I'm gonna just warning. A philosophical burlesque. Human nature follows the ups and downs of an obsessive scientist a female naturalist, and the man they discover born and raised in the wild. As a scientist... Oh. <laughs> as a scientist... There's a lot of big words in this synopsis. It's okay. Try again. I famously had a list, and you know what? Sometimes it comes out. All right. Now that I'm humiliated, I guess I'll just keep reading the synopsis. <laughs> Gosh, I wish we knew the girl who edited this. <laughs> no, she is very hard to contact. <laughs> it's me. Um, as scientists, Nathan trains the wild man, Puff, in the ways of the world, starting with table manners. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, Nathan's lover, Lila, fights to preserve the man's simian past. I have no idea what that means. Um, which represents a freedom enviable to most. In the power struggle that ensues, an unusual love triangle emerges, exposing the perversities of the human heart and the idiosyncrasies of the civilized mind. Human nature is a comical examination of the trappings of desire in a world where, both, where both nature and culture are idealized. I have to say that synopsis is written in a very weird way. Okay, thank you. Do you want The syntax of that is really bizarre, and you did a great job with it. Do you want to hear the hashtags? Oh, please, yeah. Okay, we've got hashtag table manners, which does make sense. Hashtag mouse. Hashtag body hair. Hashtag man wears eyeglasses. Hashtag pubic hair. And then there's 87 more that I'm not going to read. 87 more. more. And I don't think any of them are good. No, I think man wears eyeglasses is plenty. That <laughs> summarizes the movie. I, I don't need to know more, do you? The eyeglasses aren't even a like a plot point. No, not at all. And there are a lot of plot points, so it's funny to not latch on to any of those. Yeah, like body hair, I guess, makes sense. He's just He just happens to be wearing eyeglasses. Exactly. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Right, anonymous. Interesting. <laughs> All right, let's get into the cast of this movie. Oh my gosh, star-studded, dude. Okay, if you had told me, uh-huh. a huge Hillary Duff fan, right, that Hillary Duff shared a credit with Peter Dinklage and Rosie Perez, I I would have said you're lying. Mm-hmm. I would not have believed that, and I wouldn't have thought it would have been like a movie like this. I wouldn't. I didn't imagine any of those three showing up. Tim Robbins, makes sense. Patricia Arquette, that makes sense. Hilary Duff, Rosie Perez from (laughs) The View. (laughs) Yep, her career started on The View. (laughs) 
She's not known for anything else. No, I think that's it. That's it. That's it. I and okay, I just like it's crazy to me that they exist in a universe together. And I can't stop thinking about I do, I have a question to pose for you. Oh, I'm okay. gonna pose it early. Oh, I can't wait. Um, a page's pose, if you will. <laughs> just kidding. Um, okay, but watching this, I couldn't help but think about how Hillary Duff would fare in the Game of Thrones universe. <laughs> Oh, because Peter Dinklage? <laughs> yes. And then I was like, well, then how would Peter Dinklage fare in the Lizzie McGuire sure, universe? Sure. And I feel like he would fit into the Lizzie McGuire universe a lot, a lot more okay. easily. I agree. I want to throw the question back at you. Please. What episode do you think, or what, like, an existing Roll. episode, or write an episode for Peter Dinklage? So if I were to write an episode oh, for Peter ready. Dinklage, you... which I have, um, he would be a substitute teacher filling in for, like, German class or whatever it is, math. Okay. And that's... And he would... I think he would be, like, at odds with the students. Like, you know, like, maybe he's too harsh of a science teacher or he's too judgmental. I think they would conspire against him. I think shenanigans would ensue. Love it. Okay. And, yeah, maybe... Okay, so then the principal, you know, at the end, it all comes to a head and he's like, oh, you're going to be fired or... Uh, uh, he somehow takes the fall for the students. Sure. Right? Yeah, if you want to take over my episode, I guess. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was a collaborative... <laughs> okay, I'll do my own. <laughs> uh, well, no, and uh, you have to imagine Hillary Duff in a Game of Thrones episode, which you've never seen. So, yeah, I've but I have to say, I can't picture her in that universe. Uh, it's because of her hair. I mean, Sophie Turner is a blonde, naturally. Okay, but it's like, could it wasn't she play, like the hair color, play, it's more like the crimping. Could she play um, Sophie Turner's role? What's her name? Sansa. Could she play Sansa? I mean, Hilary Duff really could play anyone, but it's also <laughs> like she's an American sweetheart, and this is a film that's like, not a film, it's a TV show that is like British and Middle Earthy, you know. I will say, I w my mom was watching the show with me and my brother, and she was like, so is this BC? <laughs> and we're like, Mom, dragons aren't real. <laughs> like, and Jesus didn't know them. <laughs> so is that... So what's our answer? Do you ha or do we not have one? Oh, no. I... Or do we let the fans decide? Let us know, fans. Oh, well, I agree with you that Peter Dinklage would do very well in the Lizzie McGuire universe. I don't know. I've never seen Game of Thrones. But what do you... Just imagine Lizzie dropped into what you know of Game of Thrones from the media. Okay, well, Lizzie is very different from Hillary. Because as you mentioned, Hillary can do anything. True, okay. Um, I guess... I guess because we're saying Peter Dinklage, we should say Hillary. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's still a no. <laughs> I don't think that she would do well. I think she would... I don't know. I've never seen this okay, show. Okay, fine. <laughs> fine. Sorry. We're done. We're done. I Let, wish... Back to the cast. I wish I had an answer. I do agree with you on Peter Dinklage, though. Thank you. And you know what? I would want him to play Ronnie. <laughs> the paper boy? The paper boy. Just nothing about the episode changes. It's just all, exactly the she, same. He gives Lizzie her first kiss. No, I think he's Matt McGuire. <laughs> okay. 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 I have something interesting about the cast. I, well, if you want to hear it, sure. If you want to hear it, okay. Impress me. <laughs> so at the end of the movie, we meet Puff's mom, and Puff is the ape man who is like the subject of yes. their science experiments. Oh, 
I have a feeling. Go okay. ahead. So I was like, how do I know Puff's mom? How do I know Puff's mom? So Can I, I take look... a guess? Yeah. Or do you want to, or do you want to say it? Do you want to say it at the same time? Okay. She's from How oh. I Met Your Mother. Not what I was saying. Okay. <laughs> what were you going to say? Isn't she the cooking instructor from Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off? Oh my gosh, she might be. She? That actually might be how I know her, but all I could get from IMDb was that she's from How I Met Your Mother, which is so crazy because of Mu- Hillary, yes, obviously. a much more interesting fact. <laughs> I, that's why I was positive I we wish... were about to say it at the same time. <laughs> you know what? We get in trouble this way a lot because we're yeah. so sure. We are sure. But honestly, you assuming that I knew an Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off fact isn't wrong. I did famously have a fish named Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. His full name? Yeah. Did you call him that? Call him Eddie. Oh, okay. Well, you could have called him, like, Millionaire or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I called him the Million Dollar Cook-Off as a nickname. It's because Eddie was, was, was making it too long. I think this might be the second episode out of three that we've mentioned Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. <laughs> it doesn't come up in my life all it, that often. And honestly, for me, it does. <laughs> it well, does. you had a fish. I Because I had that fish. So she's in... Season 9, episode 22. That's like at the end, isn't it's it? It's Barney and Robin's wedding. Wow. And she plays the role of Cheryl. Couldn't get any more details and I didn't <laughs> have time to watch the episode, but I was I was trying to. Yeah. I was trying to because but I honestly don't even think that's how I recognize her. So the fact that you brought up Eddie's Miller cook off, I'm like, yeah, that checks out. She is she, she is the cooking instructor. I do want to look up her name. Maybe we can put it in the description. It's Nancy Oh Lahanahan. Or Lenahan. I can't pronounce it. She is a very she's been in so many things. She stays working like She's a, a working actress, and she's been in a million. Hell yeah, things. she is. Hell yeah, she is. And I looked up her, her filmography, and I, and she was in um, My Name Is Earl, oh. as well, which is also a show that I didn't really watch, but I'm like, could have <laughs> seen her, could have seen it, might have been on TV at one point. Yeah, I doubt it. That, that for sure. For I sure, dude. I think they're still playing My Name Is Earl, honestly. Okay, so do you have anything else you want to say about the cast? Man, it's just, it really is star-studded. It is. I'm trying to think if there's anything uh, in particular. Okay, well, I have a question for you when you're ready. Yeah, I came with a lot of questions today. You sure did, but I'm not mad. (laughs) For once. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully I can give you a better answer this time. What's your question? Okay, so Hilary Duff. I've heard of her. A young Patricia Arquette in this movie. Correct. Which makes me think that if Hillary were to re- reprise the role of Lila Jute as an adult, mm-hmm. who would play the child version of Hillary? Hmm. There is a right answer. Oh, Just there kidding. Is. No, there oh. isn't. <laughs> there isn't, but I do have I do have some answers. Sure. Okay. Well, my first instinct was Kiernan Shipka, but Okay. She's a little too old, I feel like, at this point. So, Kiernan Shipka is actually my runner-up. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. we are on the same wavelength. So, who's, like, the younger Kiernan Shipka? Okay, there's that one girl from Texas. Is that mm-hmm. who it is? Uh, yes. Who looks exactly like Kiernan Shipka, whose name I don't... McKenna Grace. Yes, yes. So, McKenna the correct Grace. answer is McKenna Grace. Okay, yeah. Um, runner-up. Well, Mackenzie Grace has played a young Kiernan Shipka a few times because they look so much alike. Wait, McKenna Grace. 
What did I say? Mackenzie. Oh, sorry. McKenna Grace mm-hmm. um, has played a young Kiernan Shipka. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, they look okay, identical. so then I did an honorable mention, mm. Chloe from Dance Moms. Oh, wow. Because I feel like we should bring her up every episode. Yeah, and this, I think, is another two out of three situation. Chloe Lukasiak, season two of uh, History Duffs. Yeah, come out. Come out. Come out and play. Come out wherever you are. I don't know what I mean by that. (laughs) Yeah, she did come out, actually. No. (laughs) Did she really? Yeah. She did? Chloe Lukasiak? Yeah. Yeah. She has a girlfriend. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I thought this was like a reference to Jo for to JoJo. No. <gasps> yeah. No. Wow. So she really does keep getting the short end of the stick. Like she yeah. doesn't get any publicity that she deserves. I mean, I knew, but it but we are on very different sides of the internet. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to get on your side. Yeah. No, it. I would not have made that a joke. Like, no, I I just was the, like that's the truth. What? Yeah. No, that's amazing. Yeah. Good for you, Chloe. We love it. We love it. Okay, so let's get into the history of yeah. how this movie was made. So I just find it very interesting because I did go to film school. Um, and so I this... went to film school. Sorry exactly. for everyone who had to hear that. No, exactly. Because is... I went to theater school. No, that's how I feel when I bring it up. I do feel like I'm that annoying. Um, but I just found it all very interesting because this movie was written by Charlie Kaufman. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. film school fave. <laughs> a, truly a film boy fave. Film boy fave. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't think of any guy I've dated who hasn't loved Charlie Kaufman. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Every uh, boy I dated in college loved Eternal Sanctuary of the Spotless Mind mm-hmm. or Being John Malkovich. Those are probably their two favorite yeah, movies. and yet none of them had a human nature poster in their dorms, yeah. did they? Who's the who's the who's, film boy now? Who's the real fans? It's actually us. I know you're all listening to our podcast, History Duffs, right now. You're obsessed with me, college <laughs> boyfriend who I'm not naming because there's multiple. <laughs> oh my gosh. My my film boy like uh, story that I always go back to is that three different boys that I dated in college all made me sit down and watch 500 Days of Summer. <laughs> Did you not tell the second one, hey, I just saw this? No, well, they all thought that I was like Summer, because they all think Tom is like the hero of that movie. Of which course. Is, of course they do. And so instead of just talking about their feelings, they were like, this is how you are to me. <laughs> You're the Summer and I'm Tom. And it's, oh, that's how I feel like every guy loves that movie, because they like see themselves as Tom, and that's why I get kind of turned off when guys like New Girl too much. Because I'm like, they think that they're Nick Miller and they're not. No, and Tom is not the good guy in that. Oh movie. yeah, that's the <laughs> other thing. It's like you think you're this person, and actually, first of all, you're not, and second of all, you don't want to be. No, exactly. <laughs> and yet, so, it's their goal. Yeah, but three times—that's a lot. It's a lot, but it does sound like after the second time, you maybe should have said, "I don't want to watch this movie again." I think after the second. Not to time, blame you. No. I'm just kind of curious why you didn't say victim blaming um no i think by the third time it was more just like this is what you do it was yeah it was almost like i couldn't i mean the bit (laughs) true and for the bit i mean i couldn't it wouldn't be as good a story if it was like two guys true and and another one tried (laughs) for me it's like every guy i've ever dated has tried to make me watch just like 20 youtube videos and i'm like no yeah, that's I another. don't want to watch any skateboard fails right now. I also did have several boys show me their own projects. Yeah, while we're hanging out, but that's like, kind of my move too, so I can't diss it. 
<laughs> like my projects have only ever been filmed by guys who like or been viewed by people who have a crush on me. <laughs> you showing it to by people. me showing it to them and being like, okay, well if you have a crush on me, then like comment and subscribe <laughs> so that we can go on a date. <laughs> that's why we have so many history duff. Exactly, that's so why we have interest. so many fans. <laughs> Hey, shout out to all of Hope's uh, old lovers. I love you guys. <laughs> Text me. And if you're one of my old lovers who made me watch 500 Days of Summer, <laughs> screw you. Because <laughs> I saw it in theaters when it came out, okay? Okay. You weren't the first person to show me that movie. Anyway. And you won't be the last. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think I'm not dating any more Toms, but I guess we'll see. Um, Maybe you're going to date a summer. Maybe you're going to be someone's Tom. You don't know. You're right. I'm going to force someone to watch 500 in summer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You either... You either live what? long yeah. enough, or you either become the hero, or, or like live you live long, long enough, enough to become to the enemy. see yourself become the hero. We'll work on it. Yeah. Um, that's going to be the outro. New sign-off? <laughs> okay. So, Charlie Coffin wrote this, and it was originally... Uh, given to Steven Soderbergh to direct, mm-hmm. and uh, they were working on that. <laughs> yeah, good I for them. I know. Working on it without getting into too much detail. Um, but Steven Soderbergh had cast originally as Puff Chris Kattan. Whoa! Yeah, love that. Idea. Wait, I love that. Yeah, and Chris Kattan, I believe, played a similar character on SNL. He played like a caveman, um, ape. Man, guy, is that actor. is that where we got the Geico commercials or different era? Um, different era. Never mind. Never mind. Well, I, I know the editor. I'm I don't get her to take that out. <laughs> I don't think the two are related. Okay, um, disappointing, but I guess I get it. If Chris Kattan had played the caveman, for sure, same thing, but different guy. Okay. Um, but then David Hyde Pierce and Marissa Tomei, yes, were originally the the other two. Um. Well, now I want to pose a question to you. Oh, I know what that is. Who would, <laughs> who would play Mar- young Marissa Tomei? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, um, I didn't write. I didn't come prepared with questions, so now I'm just off the cuff. No, no, you know? but that's amazing. And I think the answer is another Wendy, aka Christina Ricci. Well, not that she plays Wendy, but she's in a Casper movie. Okay, yeah. Is the timing wrong? I don't know. That's what I was wondering. Probably, Are they the same age? Probably. But okay, if Christina Ricci was like a young actress, so if she's time... a young actress in the in the eighties, right? Yeah, but if time didn't exist, if time eighties, she was young once. <laughs> I don't know. This movie came out in two thousand one, but okay, she sorry. was a teenager. So in the you 80s. just said if time didn't exist, who would play Marissa Tomei? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I feel like the answer. Wait, wait what was my original answer? Christina Ricci. Oh yeah, I feel like that was a good one. <laughs> That's, yeah. and then, wait, my other guess is, I was almost like Wednesday Adams, a.k.a. Christina Ricci. <laughs> no, is, my, I guess my backup, just because I can't think of any, like, newer actresses, is Gabby Hoffman. Oh. Like a young Gabby Hoffman to play, a, or even, well, we never really saw Mary Louise Parker as a child actress, but she'd also be a great child, Marissa Tomei. Like, I'm just thinking of maybe brunettes that I know. I thought you were going to say me. Um, <laughs> Speaking of brunettes I think, that I know. I think if time... Miranda Cosgrove. <laughs> if, okay. If time didn't exist, I think I have the best answer. Okay. Because if time didn't exist, I'd cast a young Marissa Tomei. <laughs> 
You can't argue with that, folks. Gosh, you I wish I did. Can't argue with that. I wish I had thought about it ahead of time because that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and the correct answer is a young Marissa Tomei. So... I mean, I thought that's how it worked when I was a kid, and I'd be like, I'd be stressed out because I wanted to be an actress, and I was like, Mom, if there's any flashback scenes, like, <laughs> we need to be recording footage of me just like B-roll. Like, I need to be like just on a swing set. <laughs> I need to be in a lake. Like, we need this for my career later down the line. They're going to beg me for this. Like, kid, we'd love to cast you, but we don't have any footage of you from when you're a young guy. <laughs> Literally, exactly. Like, it was very stressful for me. Oh, no. Yes, and wow. you're just laughing. I'm sorry. That is really Hashtag funny. page is over. Man, that was Hashtag good. pubic hair. <laughs> So after Steven Soderbergh left, <laughs> yeah, get let's get. I don't know how to follow. Dead that weight, up. no. <laughs> so he left the project. Just to kidding, do... Steven. I'd love to work with you. <laughs> so he left the project to do Out of Sight, and then the studio really wanted to get Spike Jones to direct after um, being John Malkovich. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, but Spike Jones was like, "No, I don't think so," and he. Instead, came on as a producer. Okay. Yeah, I saw his name. Yeah. There's also a producer named Ted Hope, which I noted. I know you would. I knew you would. And you noted that I would note it. I noted that you would note that. Um, but yeah, so that's how it came to be what it was. And I'm, I'm glad that the chips fell where they did because we wouldn't have had young Hillary in this movie. Wouldn't have had an opportunity to talk about uh, it on this podcast. Absolutely not. And, and I'm shocked that we're talking about it. <laughs> I'm honestly shocked. Like, this, that she's in this movie is so crazy. I mean, she's in this movie for... 58 seconds. For, but it, the, the best 58 seconds you ever did see. Best 58 seconds of the movie, for sure. The first, <laughs> the first 58 seconds, it feels like. Yeah, that's when it, the movie really got started, you know? I couldn't find any hard and fast dates, but this movie came out in 2001, and Liz McGuire premiered in January of that year. Wow. It's just crazy to think about, like, her parents, too, at this time, because she's so young. She Susan probably hasn't, yeah, she probably hasn't seen, you know, any of other Charlie Kaufman successes. So only her parents can really be like, wow, this is kind of a huge deal that you're in this movie. Because I wonder if she was even allowed to watch it in theaters. Like, after her scene, I wonder if she had to leave. Because there is sex. There is a little bit of sex, that's true. I guess, it, yeah, it depends probably on her parents, if they were okay with her watching the rest of it. I'll, I'll, I mean, I wouldn't have wanted to. You wouldn't have wanted to watch the rest of it? If I knew I wasn't in it, I don't know if I'd be interested in it at that young of an age. Hmm. You know? Vain. <laughs> okay, so let's get into my favorite part of this podcast, which is... The quote section. Hope quotes. Um, <laughs> Paige, did you have any favorite quotes from this movie? I did. I had one line in particular that I wrote down. Okay. Um, what, my favorite character is Wayne. <laughs> Love Wayne. <laughs> and uh, so there's a scene where Tim Robbins takes Patricia Arquette to dinner at his parents' house. Mm -hmm. And there's a six-year-old boy eating dinner with them. And his mom explains, this is my favorite line, your father and I adopted an additional son. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is one of the funniest lines I've ever heard ever. An additional son. <laughs> an additional son. And Wayne is just this, like... Sweetheart. <laughs> he's a sweetheart, but he's this, like, grown Lothario, <laughs> like, in a six-year-old body. 
he's hilarious. He's, yes. so, he's so funny. Um, but yeah, that's my... <laughs> and he's like, I've heard all about you. And he's like, I haven't heard anything <laughs> about you. It is weird, too, because I also feel like just speaking of his mom, Mary Kay Place, I just think it's funny because the character is, like, turning into his mother. Oh. Because she was obsessed with table manners. Yes. And then he becomes obsessed with table manners. Yeah. And he's shocking the mice so that they have table manners. And then he's upset with Patricia Arquette because she doesn't. It's like... Yeah, he's like, he's a scientist and he's trying to train mice basically to like be polite. To be polite. And that's how he gets to working with Puff. (laughs) He's trying to like train him to be a, a, you know, a human. Yeah. Not just a human, like a gentleman. A gentleman. A real gentleman. Yeah, he's like... Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so are you ready for your quote quiz? Oh my gosh, there's so many questions. I'm ready. Yeah, this one's actually really hard. Um, So don't look at my computer, no cheating. Not looking. So one of my favorite quotes is when Puff says, words are evil, something, something, something. Does anyone know the definition of simultagnesia? I was going to look it up. Like, before Patricia Arquette kidnapped me. Okay. Mm. So, my question for you, Paige, is can you identify the definition of simultagnesia? Can you use it in a sentence? So, I have four options for you. <laughs> okay, okay. Because the response to the, to this quote is Nathan saying the definition gotcha. okay. of simultagnesia. So, now it's kind of just... Are you able to recognize that definition? Okay. So the definition isn't a quote. It's like a description of the word. Got you. Okay. So we have option A. Is simultagnesia the inability to recognize similarity between like things, including but not limited to objects, faces, and temperature? Or B, the inability to perceive elements as compounds of a, or as components of a whole? C, the inability to perceive shape and form due to a neurological disorder that develops in the orbital lobe within the second trimester of pregnancy, or D, the inability to perceive time outside of oneself. Simultagnesia. And the pronunciation is hard. It is. So don't don't come after me. All right. Just thinking of the word itself and the parts of the word... My instinct wants to say C. C, the inability to perceive shape and form due to a neurological disorder that develops in the orbital lobe within the second trimester of pregnancy. I guess the second half of it really throws me, but yeah, shape and form makes sense. Okay, so that's your answer? Yeah. You are incorrect. What is it? And I had to come up with that, and I had to do so... Did you really? Paige, I wrote all of this. Like, I... I mean, the research that I did, I made this up. I had to make it up because the research doesn't exist. So what is it? Um, It is the inability to perceive elements as components of a whole, which I think is probably like a clue about the motif or something of the movie. I was also trying to think about that. But I cannot really figure out even, and maybe I have a simultagnesia where I cannot see the components of the whole. Like, I guess... I guess the movie is circular in a way, like, but... Yeah, I definitely, I can definitely see that. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) 
That was a good quote, though, right? That was really good. It was tricky. I honestly thought you looked up similar words and just stole those definitions. So I tried to. I tried to look up similar words. There aren't any. (laughs) It's pretty specific, it turns out. Simultanagnosha. Yeah, it's not good. Simultanagnosha. Okay, that's offensive. I... <laughs> what was it, fop? <laughs> you might as well be saying wrong. fop. You might as well be saying fop. Okay, do you want to hear one of my movie reviews? Oh, yeah, please. Sorry, that makes it sound like I wrote the review. <laughs> Let me you clarify. Should. You should start writing reviews. I did not write this review. This review comes from the user Thurston Hunger. Oh, him again? Like, Thirst and Hunger. My yeah. ex. <laughs> Your ex, Thurston. He made me watch 500 Days of Summer. <laughs> three times. Yeah, it was just him three times. It was him three different times. <laughs> Thurston. And you just right. didn't get it. <laughs> okay, so he wrote this on December 7th of 2003, and it is quite long. So oh, I might I'm get ready. I might get fatigued. Okay. We might skip some parts. <laughs> we'll just, we'll see what happens. I read the IMDb reviews on this two nights ago and decided not to rent this film. But then, as if by coincidence, the next night, I noticed it was on cable currently. So I taped it. New paragraph. And I'm glad I did. Totally new paragraph. It seems some reviewers lament the lack of message in this. I can appreciate such weighty films. Hey, I enjoyed The Whale Rider. But such films often reduce down simply to hackneyed synatia. Something like, I can't pronounce this word either. Something about like sentimentalism, synatia. Okay. (laughs) I'm afraid life does as well, dot, dot, dot. But this ain't the forum for that chat. (laughs) Charlie Kaufman seems to specialize in mixed message films and he does that with asterisks so i don't know what that means i enjoy them as i enjoy a puzzle they are thought provoking both in theme and in details don't know about you but i had to look up franz klein i didn't look them up so i don't get it (laughs) good one thurston other reviewers lament the onanism going on or should that be down to me adaptation was a whole lot more masturbatory this has an easier to follow plot yeah i agree not a good enough reason to use the word masturbatory (laughs) also adaptation charlie coffin is a character he writes himself into the movie and gives himself a twin brother so like yeah (laughs) masturbatory sure (laughs) but this isn't about adaptation why are you writing about it It's not about whale rider either. But hey, this guy appreciates it. (laughs) Now that's true. Oh my gosh. So he says, the humor rises more quickly to the surface. Dot, dot, dot. And yes, I did chuckle at times. No one so far has voiced concern over this being a film that reflects back from the start. It is done deftly. Although I know some people dislike this as a device. There are several nice film tricks, a circular beginning and ending, Robins clearly being in the closed afterworld, and nods to other films, Bambi, Tarzan, Frankenstein, (laughs) Sophie's Choice. No, 
I'm forgetting another real one. I'm not that familiar with the director's MTV exploits, but I'll <laughs> rent that collection sooner or later. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no one here has mentioned Young Frankenstein. Blah, blah, blah. But the, blah, blah, blah. Young Frankenstein? <laughs> but there are some serious questions being posed. Less these days than in the 70s do we get pitched an idyllic ideal, one wherein if man were stripped of his modern trappings, social structures, and political oppression and other garb, would we find a purer being? Isn't that also an element of Marx slash Hegelism? <laughs> Kaufman weaves a new sort of unibrow, uniting the high and low. <laughs> There are other, more universal moments here. Our cat struggling not to care about what others think about her. Robbins choosing between his sweet girlfriend and the saucy seductress. Between his heart and his dot, 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 ahem. There's still much more than I fear there is found in me and him. Libido is a prime mover, whether subjugated or conjugal. I think Kaufman is a very gifted... And very conflicted guy. Okay, so this is basically what film school parties felt like. It is. It, this, honestly, I should have given a trigger warning before a I read bit. it. Because it is like, I feel like I'm trapped talking to a guy in a flannel shirt who mm. I'm moderately to mildly attracted to. Yeah, that's how but they get you. the way that the after the conversation starts, the attraction level just goes down and down and down, obviously. And you're just trying to find anybody who can pull you out of it. You're like, oh I actually told that guy that I would I desperately I, seeking eye contact with I someone. Owe him, on I the owe other. him a paper towel. I told I him I actually owe him a paper towel and it's pretty serious. The cherry on top of this review, I looked over your shoulder <laughs> while you were reading it. I noticed that he spells Kaufman wrong yeah. every single time. Yeah. Well, you know what? He's too busy watching Sophie's Choice, Tarzan, Frank, <laughs> and um, Frankenstein and Bambi. Young Frankenstein, in parentheses, which I see as more of a prototype than Pygmalion or even Oedipus Rex. That was the the sentence after Young Frankenstein. Yikes, Thurston. Lose my number. Yikes, Thurston. And I, Never I didn't, call me. I didn't say this, but the the subject line of this was just say bonobo. Yeah, why? I don't know. I don't know what that means. It's um, a chimp. It's the chimp that is most uh, like humans. And I actually thought of that when they mentioned, they called it by a different name. Yeah, they called it like a pig or a pup. Yeah, a they called name. it. And I, I was curious about that. Not enough to look it up. But of course. I knew bonobos as the most like genetically similar to humans. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's the same thing. Maybe that's a bad word. And that's why he's. Maybe just, it is. Just say it. Maybe it's not, but this review we'll has check it. 7 out of 10 stars. Hope, as you're editing this, please just look it up and make sure that's not a bad word. Okay, and Hope, <laughs> thank you for looking this up. <laughs> and Hope, thanks for everything you do. <laughs> this hope, feels like the right time. <laughs> you're so pretty. I'm just so happy to be on this journey with you. Um. <laughs> has anyone ever told you that you're really good in bed? <laughs> Not as good as me, though, right? From <laughs> what you've heard? From what I've heard. <laughs> okay, good. No. Oh, my goodness. Any final thoughts? Do you have anything that you didn't get to mention? I feel like I've gotten everything out of my system. Okay, well, I will say I love 
the font in this movie. Just the mm. very beginning font gets you into the universe. It is like a chunky wood block. It looks like wood grain. And then when the movie starts, the font kind of like disappears into the scene and it's like 3D and I just kind of love I love I those love moments. That. Yeah. I love the my favorite part of a movie is always the beginning, like the opening credits, like or like in Bewitched when they're flying through the sky. Like I just love like the establishing world elements. Yeah. That makes yeah. So the, the stuff first, with the mice, I'm like, yeah. The first few minutes that really brings you in. That's what captured my heart. Yeah. And that's why I'm so glad Hillary's scene was towards the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's talk about Hillary's love interest in this movie. Which really is Patricia Arquette's love interest. I feel like True. that's fair. True. And um, Patricia Arquette's love interests are Puff and Nathan. Yeah. And yeah. you gotta say, Nathan sucks. Nathan sucks. Big time. Puff? Puff's all right. Puff's, Puff's okay. Puff, it, had he been given a chance to grow up like a normal person and learn the ways of the world... Puff yeah. would be a great guy. And I think that even given his circumstances, he deals he deals with um, being introduced into society, I think, with a pretty level head. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I guess I would rate him 7 out of 10? I was going to say 7 as well. It feels high. It does feel high, but it feels right. It does feel right, because I kind of feel like he really kind of rises to the occasion in the movie. Towards the end, you know, he's really there for Hillary, a.k.a. Patricia. <laughs> it's kind of a stretch, but yeah. Yeah, and but it's also like, it's very kind of Stockholm Syndrome-y as well. Like, he's maybe not necessarily consenting to this relationship because she does have a shock collar on him. Yeah, Hillary, a.k.a. Patricia, ends up kind of being the bad guy a little bit at the yeah, end. Yeah, it's definitely not, um, not problematic. What would you give Nathan as a rating? Well, all I know about Nathan is that he has a, and this is like a quote from the movie, a tiny penis that kind of looks like a pig's penis. Yes. And then I know that he's unfaithful. Yes. And then I know that he criticizes Patricia, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Hillary, on her table manners um, on their, like, second date, maybe. And then I know that after he sees Hillary shaving, oh, sorry, I literally am saying Hillary when it's like, it's not Hillary at all. It's Lila Jute. Right. AKA Patricia. When he sees her shaving, he's like disgusted by her and immediately cheats on her. So I would give him a zero out of 10. Like, yeah. I don't think he has really any redeeming qualities. Mm-mm. He's a scientist. <laughs> but he's a scientist, but I don't even think he's. But even then, he's experimenting on animals and humans. <laughs> yeah. He's so not a good scientist. And even then, like, he's a scientist who's like sleeping with his like co worker. Oh. Absolutely. No, cheater automatic zero from me. Yeah, it's not great. No. It's not great. You could be, you could be the freaking, I don't care. Pope? Well, he can't cheat. He Mm. could cheat on the church. Mm. All right, Pope gets zero out of ten for me. (laughs) Wow, you heard it here first, (laughs) folks. Oh my gosh, I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. No, wait, no, I, you know that the Pope, well, he doesn't hate Hillary, but he doesn't love her either. How can you not? <laughs> Who doesn't love Hillary? Anyway. Anyway, I, yeah, love interest wise, I gotta give Puff, Puff credit where credit is due. Give I, him a give him a Puff pass. <laughs> puff Puff pass. All right. Yeah, I do. I do not like that his name is Puff, but I'm I'm fine well, with it. Derek. 
Derek. You're right. We come to find out at the very end. Thank his, you, Nancy. His birth name is Derek. His birth name is Derek. Okay, can we talk about... And this isn't really, like, part of what we're talking about, but speaking of love interests... We know that there is a woman pretending to be French. Yeah. But I never felt like I got clarity on that. No, not just at all. Just that she's also running a con. I, like, I, I just learned, okay, every single person in this, in this movie is, like, a liar, but... The woman that Nathan is cheating on Lila with is this French, like, assistant. Mm-hmm. She, she's, like, a helper. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do find out definitively that she's lying about her French accent. We've got no idea why. But we have no motivation... And then at the end of the movie, she's the one who, like, picks Puff up. But I I don't understand why. And, I, and we didn't really get any closure on that. So that yeah. was kind of an unfulfilling element for me is, like, what's going on with that? Because I was looking forward to that coming full circle. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and them getting caught or them that skill being useful, but instead... Or her having some sort of ulterior motive. Like, we never... Yeah, like, what is the ulterior motive? She just pretends to be French at her day job as a scientist, which I'm sure pays well? Like, it's very confusing. And then at the end, when she does go pick up Puff, she doesn't drop it. Like, she's still doing the French. So if she was... If it was something like she was trying to seduce Nathan, like... I thought what was going to happen is, oh, she picks up Puff, she's going to have an American accent, and they'll have been in on it for a long time together. No. Like, she's still conning him. Yeah. So, what's the deal with that? Charlie, we know you're listening. We'll have to wait for Human Nature, too. That's how they get you. Starring Hilary Duff. Do you want to introduce your new segment? I do. Okay, so we're introducing a segment to History Duffs called Tag Yourself, um, which is where Pat Page... Pat? (laughs) You call me Pat? I didn't call you Pat. But I did call you Page. My whole life would be different if I were named Pat. Yeah. Well, you'd be my aunt. (laughs) That is how that works. Well, so my aunt's nickname is Pat, and my grandparents often mistakenly call me Pat, so I actually respond to Pat, which is funny because I don't expect you to, (laughs) despite what just happened. Yeah, but yet I did. And yet you did. Okay, so... I'm going to tag myself and Paige in this movie as the characters that I think that we are. Okay. And Paige, you can disagree. Okay. And you can even pose your own All answer right. to this. You got to think about it. Um, but I think that we are the two little mice at the end of the movie who hold up a sign that says New York. Yeah. <laughs> That's I us. Agree. Yeah. Hitchhiking to New York. Okay, I'm glad you agree. You're the one with the sign. I'm the one that's, like, hanging around. Can't read. And I'm like, I'm with her. <laughs> Whatever she says, that's where we're headed. Ask grass or gas. <laughs> I like to think that they got out, that they're, that they're on their way to New York right oh, now. Oh, I like to think so, too. And yeah. I like to think that they're little mices in the Empire State Building now. I like to think that they made it wherever they wanted to go. Broadway, baby. Broadway, baby. Hey, they're in the Lion King. Stuart Little takes Broadway. Now that I would pay money for. Yeah. Jonathan Lipnicki. They're two out of the three blind mice in Shrek. They actually are mice in Shrek. That makes me think, you know, what happened to the other mouse? Or they just haven't met him yet. They haven't met him. It makes me think, why are we giving... The role of blind mice to two sighted mice. Two sighted mice. In this day and age, it's not acceptable. That's what I'll say. Cancelled. Cancelled. So, speaking of cancelled, 
Now it's time for one of our deleted scenes from one of our favorite canceled guests. And I love I love this one. <laughs> so stay tuned for a deleted scene with our friends from the Dinner with Pop podcast, Reed O'Connor and Isaac Benavides. Hi, I'm Reed O'Connor. And I'm Isaac Benavides. And we are here to, this is actually really just a wild thing that happened to me. Hope told me her and Paige were doing this podcast and uh, on the movie human nature and the wildest thing is that like a couple years ago i was working on the warner brothers lot and i don't even think this is a warner brothers movie but i found script pages from this movie that were never shot i guess i guess they cut it before they actually went into production but it was from an old binder of michelle gondry's or something i was cleaning out an office so i asked hope if we could do this and we're gonna read some cut a cut scene from the movie human nature um and the weirdest thing is that the characters' names in the script, I'm not making this up. This is real. This is a real script I found. Our Reed and Isaac. So we're just going to read it like a radio play. We're not going to read the scene directions or anything. And I, I have the first line, so I, I will start. <clears throat> Isaac, do you want to start a podcast? I know we've been on this road trip for a long time, driving from California to New York. And I, I, I just... It's, it's 2001. I don't even know if podcasts are... are it's like... Here's the thing. I, what I mean by podcast is it's a radio show that we put on the internet and then people can download it and put it on their iPods. Whoa. Which uh, I'm pretty sure exists. No, I mean, it iPods. definitely does exist. You know, I'm thinking about this too because, you know, you and I have such really in-depth and very deep conversations and we have a lot of opinions about a lot of different things that i feel like it's only natural for us to kind of share that with everybody else in the world i think so too i think you and i are original thoughts and we first off we're two men and it's not often that two men get together and, and talk to each other on microphones just no, no, not in the at world all. and i think the people need to hear what we have to say weekly even yeah and and it could be about something very niche it could also be something about that's like less niche and something that's a little bit more like provocative or evocative or maybe even a little zany. Yeah, I, I or it could just be us just talking, you know, because we've been we've been road tripping from California to New York. A lot of times been, past. We've been doing this like straight. We did not stop, but we've we've been having some cool conversations like back back in Kansas when you said that you could have beat um you could have beat larry bird in a fight i was like dude that's crazy people yeah. gotta hear that the craziest thing about that was i 100 percent meant what i said yeah and, and the even crazier part is in missouri when we saw larry bird and you did fight him you you lost yeah you know i think and I, he's old i think i might have gotten a concussion and I might have blacked out for a little bit because I both remember very vividly and not at all what happened. That is, that does make sense because you did say, Reed, you should take the wheel. And then you did immediately fall asleep. And I think I've heard that sleeping after you get a concussion is actually the best thing you can do for you. So that's, <laughs> that's good that you did that. Oh, wow. Um, you know, I was reading about cigarettes lately and how they're pretty good for you with your coffee in the morning dude that's great i've been having a pack every morning because it's 2001 and we're gonna live forever 
Wait. <laughs> Wait. Do you see that up ahead on the side of the road? The, hold on. I, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to slow down. Do you Wait. see that? Like 100 yards ahead. Yeah, that's like two small... Uh, Here, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop while we're at a safe distance because I don't feel like... This is kind of freaking me out. Yeah. I'm like... Here, take oh, these binoculars so you can better get a better look at it. I'm so glad we did bird watching in Oklahoma that a couple of days ago. Me too. I feel like we l- really learned a lot about each other that day and and about birds. And but about, this, this, oh, you're wait, right, right. I thought these were birds, but it looks like. What do you see in the binoculars? I I'm seeing like a little sign, and I'm seeing a little bit of waving and. Wait, but who's holding the sign? That sign is so small. Read. I'm going to pass the binoculars to you, but believe me when I tell you. Let's each look in one binocular. Okay. I'm going to use my left eye and you're going to use your right eye. Does that make sense? Yes. It does make sense. Because I'm driving the car. Yeah. And I'm I'm in the passenger seat, so... Okay, I, I I just had to think of maybe I also got a concussion. <laughs> I think we, maybe, how about we just switch spots? Let's get out of the car. <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> Crazy dude. Okay, I think I think the binoculars are gonna work a little bit better this way. Wait, hold way. on. Was this my coke or is this your coke, dude? I don't, I stopped drinking Coke. Oh, okay. Wait, hold on. Is this my lemonade or is this your lemonade? Dude, this front seat is kind of a mess. Have you Are just these been like... all my drinks? <laughs> Did you have any drinks this whole road trip? I've been drinking my saliva, just uh, kind of uh, <laughs> swashing it around in my mouth. Because well, the thing is, I bought all these drinks, but I haven't had any of them. I'm so thirsty. We're both concussed and severely dehydrated. My tongue feels like like dirt and a carpet and like a cactus. Mine feels like asphalt and concrete and cement. Wait, 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 we're really getting off the rails here. I'm sorry, I'm just so dehydrated. Yeah, let's. Uh, so these before are I take your a cokes. sip of any of this. Yeah, these are all my drinks, but I'm not gonna have any. Let's 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 get to the. Let's, okay, okay. Uh, we we gotta get back to uh, the matter at hand. I want to read this tiny sign. <laughs> all right, so I'll take the left nocular. You take the right nocular. <laughs> Dude, wait, look. They're little mice. They're waving. And one's got a sign that in perfect English says New York. We're going to New York. Dude, am, am I still concussed? Because I think you just said, and I think I'm looking at two mice just waving a cardboard sign with very detailed lettering. Wait, hold on. He put down the sign that says New York. And he picked up another sign that says... Reed and Isaac. What? What's <laughs> happening? Dude, I am freaking out. I'm going to have some of this lemonade. <laughs> I'm Just to sp- make sure it's not dehydration. I'm going to smoke a cigarette inside the car.
Okay, I'm looking again through the inocular. It wasn't dehydration. They're still there. And they've got a third sign that says, We'll kill you. <laughs> what? Should we turn Dude. around? Dude. I don't know if New York is safe for us. What if these aren't the only mice? I'm, I'm looking through the right inocular right now. Oh, okay, yes. This is, that was your assigned inocular. I think the other mouse just... <laughs> Dude, what is it? Don't be afraid. You can tell me. I think he has a tiny gun. Oh, shit. <laughs> You're right. It's a tiny AK-47. <laughs> it's 2001. So this is... I, I hope in the next couple years, Congress does something to control guns in this country. I don't want to get too preachy, but... Dude. I, I have a feeling that soon guns won't be a problem in society anymore. Don't Breathe. be afraid. I'm scared. <laughs> I don't know if that tiny gun has a <laughs> bullet, the caliber that can actually hurt us. Still, you, you, you can't trust um, just uh, mice on the side of the road. Where'd that sign even come from? You're right. I think we should go back, all think, the way back to California. Yes, exactly. Uh, dude, I think, I don't think we're cut out for New York. I don't think so either. If these types are roaming the streets. On their way to New York. We can't have this. What if the whole town is mice? You know, I've heard about the mice and the rats in New York, but this is... I, I hope Mayor Rudy Giuliani, the current mayor of New York City, does something to stamp out this mice population that wants to kill us. And also to control the guns. I'm glad that we won't have to face any of that stuff since we're going to be moving back to California anyway. Yeah. I don't know any current political leaders in charge of California in 2001. Maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. It's should we hard call to the, say if he's already the, the governor or if he's going to be the governor. We should definitely call the police. The police are safe and here to help us here in 2001. Do you have a cell phone? No, dude. What am I, a billionaire? Let's drive to the nearest police station and uh, let them know about these two mice that are up here. All right. You're behind the wheel. Throw throw a Yui and let's let's get out of here. All right, let, let me um wait, dude, where are the keys at? I uh, I must have dropped them outside. Wait, I'm getting out too. I don't want to drive. Where are they? Where are those keys? I guess we could walk back to California. Dude, can I just say the best part of this road trip has been not listening to any music in the car. <laughs> and getting all these drinks. And talking and to each other. And when you thought Larry Bird. <laughs> and that's, um, 
That's it. it. That's the last page of the script. Uh, it says credits roll after that. So I guess I guess the idea was this would have been the ending of the movie. And I can see why they cut it out because I don't know who these characters are in relation to Tim Robbins or Patricia Arquette or Risa Fons or the French lady Miranda Otto from Lord of the Rings or Hilary Duff for that matter. But, uh, so it makes sense why they cut it, but, you know, I think you kind of lost something in, 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 in removing this scene. Thanks for having us, Hope and Page. <laughs> now that was something special that you'll only, you'll only get on History Duffs. <laughs> That's for sure. That is for sure. Now, if you guys want more Hillary Duff content, which we, first of all, we know you do, Please subscribe to our TikTok at History Duffs and yep. our Instagram. Yes, we also have an Instagram at History Duffs. And leave a review, leave a comment. Honestly, send this to the girl who bullied you in fourth grade. Ooh. Okay? <laughs> send this to the film boys who thought they were so cool and thought you didn't know who Charlie Kaufman was. Send this to the hairiest girl you know. Say, <laughs> thought of you. Thought of you. I'm Hope Carew. I'm Paige Smith. And this. What's history, history does? Yeah, baby. Isaac, you got anything else you want to say? No, but in the words of Hillary Duff, um, I'm growing hair all over my body.